Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bins Extra. This is the last instalment of our transfer special and boy do we have a special episode for you today. It's our deadline day deal coverage. So today currently is a Wednesday. Deadline day has just happened there yesterday. So we were very eager, stayed up last night um, till the, the 11 o'clock deadline watching Sky Sports News, watching the deals come in as they happened. Keeping monitoring Twitter, looking at Fabrizio Romano and um, mm -hmm. flat out trying to just refresh and see what deals were happening. So we have <coughs> some very exciting deals to cover today. Definitely one of the busiest deadline days in a while, hasn't it been, Orn? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, a lot of big transfers here that have went through, including the biggest transfer in British history. Yeah. Enzo Fernandez has went to Chelsea for £105 million. Crazy. <sighs> madness. That big money. Absolute madness. I guess as a player who signed for Benfica from River Plate for £10 million um, in the summer. Yeah. yeah, He's had a good World Cup and all of a sudden he's now a £105 million player. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, it's good business for, for Benfica, of course, and it's it's turned out to be a brilliant bit of business for River Plate. They had a 25% sell-on close, so they've ended up getting over £40 million from that, Fair from play. that transfer. Fair play to them. Um, but, yes, Richie, tell me what... Enzo Fernandez is going to do to Chelsea, if anything. Um, well, look, obviously, the, the Chelsea's midfield did need addressing. Um, we're going to cover another transfer later in the episode. They've just lost a midfielder. Um, I'll not go too much into it just yet. But, um, you know, you lose a midfielder, um, you you got to get bodies in through the door. And, you know, Chelsea, at the minute, their, their <coughs> midfield is probably the most lacklustre thing about their side. Um, they don't offer any creativity. Um, their track and runs have not been great. Just their, their overall distance covered it isn't... It isn't what a Graham Potter side looks like. Um, Enzo Fernandez is going to add energy, bundles of it. He's a great box-to-box -box midfielder, um, a very great young prospect, great with passing the ball, great at taking a man on. Um, we all seen um, that wonderful goal that he scored at the World Cup, so he, he does have that kind of thing in his locker. Um, has been one of the most monitored prospects in Europe now for, for quite a while. Obviously, a lot of clubs were keeping tabs on him at River Plate. Um, and he made the move to Benfica. It's been a relatively good sort of, you know, six-month period there at Benfica. He's definitely impacted their side. And I, the only thing I would say about this transfer is I love it. I love the player. Um, he is definitely somebody I, I would have loved to have seen at Man United. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think Chelsea have got themselves a real good young player on their hands here. I think he's going to come in and be an instant success, to be honest. Mm -hmm. However... It's just a lot of money mm. on a player who is so raw, and that's the, like they've spent eighty million on Mudrik and now one hundred and five million on, on Enzo. Mm -hmm. And these two players are not the cult are not culture players yet. They they still require a lot of coaching. Mm -hmm. And with the way that Chelsea are playing at the minute, is the coaching heading in the right direction mm. um, to suit these players? I'm just not quite <laughs> sure. But one thing I'll say about Enzo Fernandez is he's definitely a top quality player, and he adds quality to Chelsea's side. Mm -hmm. No, I completely agree. Uh, look, Chelsea were going to spend a lot of money in this transfer window. It was it was evident from the from the beginning of the window with all the players they were being linked to. Um, but Dorman, they've spent 105 million pounds now on Enzo Fernandez. Um, yeah. They were talking about perhaps putting in a 90 million pound bid for Moises Casado. So they were always looking for that high quality midfielder at a high price. Yeah. Um, look, if Enzo Fernandez had a state at Benfica, it was almost certain he was going to leave this summer anyway to a big club. Uh, they've tied him down to a contract till 2031. What do you make of the business for Enzo Fernandez? Um, again, I agree with uh, Richie. It is a crazy price, but I feel like Chelsea had to make that signing because they needed a bit more energy in midfield. We've seen what he did for that Argentina team when he came into that side. Um, 
With Chelsea, I think it was smart enough business in a way because I think in the summer there would have been a lot more teams Aye, after him. After him. Yeah. You know, I think even United, Man United would have been after him. Um, but yeah, it just brings energy and basically that's what Chelsea needed at the minute because in that midfield they are lacking that big time. I think Kante is a big miss for them. But um, yeah, with the Casado one, they were after him too. There was talk even they were going to go for both which would have mm-hmm. been crazy. But with Chelsea as well, they're being smart the way they're dealing with it, the contracts because then it, the money gets spread out mm-hmm. smart enough. But uh, yeah, they needed the signing. We were saying they're buying all these centre-backs, they're buying all these wingers. They need, need a midfielder who's going to get the ball, take the ball, bring energy, you know, intercept the ball, all that stuff. So it's a good signing, but it's a crazy price. Crazy price, yeah. But yeah. what I don't understand about this signing, don't get me wrong, I agree with both of you, I think it's a brilliant signing and obviously the price tags... Look, it's, it's what a club is going to have to pay to take him away mid-season. But he's a box-to-box midfielder, and we've been talking very much in this podcast that, that Chelsea need that creative midfielder. Yeah. Connor, can Enzo Fernandez do both? Um, I think he, he has shown at the World Cup that he is the type of player that can break lines. Um, yeah, some of his progressive passing in the World Cup was, was excellent. Um, now, the only thing I would say about that, Warren, is he had Alexis McAllister and Messi in front of him, mm. who could do more of the of creative element um, doesn't really have that at Chelsea as of yet like we've already said Mudrick's not the kind of player that's going to get involved and build up and, and create chances for Chelsea that's just not the type of player that he is Ziyech um, <clears throat> has been in and out of form it's hard to see him pinned down Sterling's been in and out of form again Sterling's not really that type of player either mm-hmm. so they're still lacking that sort of creative spark. Um, and I think to, to place that kind of burden on a 21-year-old um, who, who isn't that <coughs> profile of player is a tough ask. Um, but, like, again, look, the one thing I'll say about him is he definitely does add quality to, to Chelsea's midfield, quality that they haven't had um, in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't really have that high all-action, high-working midfielder, especially with Kante injured on the sidelines. I think it's a smart signing for the future, definitely, but it wouldn't have been the midfielder that Chelsea needed at this current moment in, in time. Aye, so a creative midfielder is definitely on the agenda for, for Chelsea in yeah, the summer transfer definitely, window. Definitely, definitely. Um, well, yes, it, it moves us on quickly to Jorginho. Jorginho is a, is a Champions League winner with Chelsea and uh, Euros winner with Italy. Um, he came second in the Ballon d'Or in the, in the same year. He won both of them competitions and he's moved from one London side to another. To their to their rivals in Arsenal, the league leaders. Um, Dorman, what do you make of this transfer? Look, there hasn't been a great track record of transfers <laughs> when they've went from Chelsea to Arsenal. It seems yeah. to be players at the end of their career, or the end of the Premier League career at the very least, and it just hasn't always worked out. What do you think about this one? Twelve million pound. This one shocked me to be honest. It just came out of nowhere. It was like they were linked him, and then suddenly he basically was signed. That that is good by Arsenal. Their their business is good as in like. If they're linked to a player, I know they missed out in the big signings, but they always have the backup to get in. Uh, a very strange signing. He couldn't, like for Chelsea this season, I thought he was very poor. He did come second in the Ballon d'Or a few years ago. It's it's just to strengthen the squad, really. If there's an injury to party or something, maybe he could fill that role. But it's still a strange signing to me, to be honest. Mm. Well, Richie, they are dealt with injury blows to both party and now Mohamed El Nani is also injured. So a midfield signing was definitely a priority for Arteta in this window, and you could see that through the pursuit of uh, Moises Quisero from Brighton. But you have to look at the way this transfer window's really went for Arsenal. All transfer window, they were after Mudrik, 
and Moises Caicedo, they've ended up with Trossard and Jorginho. Is that a big downgrade from the signings that they were trying to make? Um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a downgrade, but it's definitely completely different profiles of players. You know, if you're profiling one player and like your backup needs to be somebody of a similar ilk, or at least with a similar skill set, and it seems as though Chelsea's backup options are just completely the opposite type of player to what they were initially going for. Trossard is the complete opposite of Mudrick. Trossard is a get-involved-in-the-build-up ball retention player. Mm-hmm drive at like well maybe not drive at men but clever ways to beat a man and always open for a shot Mudrick's not that type of player um Caicedo all action high energy top press and midfielder Jorginho's the complete opposite Jorginho's Mm -hmm. a slower slow the tempo ball retention player I personally don't like the signing of Jorginho. Mm-hmm. I don't think he makes Arsenal any better, to be honest. Um, that might be a bit controversial. I don't know. I, I don't think Jorginho's that good. I've, I've never really rated him as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always just thought he was a sideways passing merchant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. to, to be, no, to I'd be agree with that. Honest, That's where I, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Because Arsenal do fast build up. You know, parties getting the ball quickly yeah. to Odegaard or Shaka. That It doesn't really make sense no. to me. And the, the way they've done... Like that's the thing as well about the age. They've just went for more experienced players yeah. that are cheaper. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're thinking we've got a chance of winning the league here. We'll get these boys in yeah. instead of spending the big money. Yeah, on true. Their younger players. True, and and like that's it. Don't get me wrong. They do add value to Premier League experience. And like you know, Jorginho has been involved in in winning sides. Um, Trossard hasn't, but I mean he's in one of the better better teams in the league yeah. anyway. But um, I. I don't know. I was just a bit shocked by the Jorginho signing. I think it's relatively cheap. Um, the contract I think is only two years, three years, mm-hmm. so something along those lines, two and a half years maybe. Yeah. Um, so it's it's smart as in they've not invested a whole pile of money into this, but I just don't think he suits Arsenal's system, and I, it was just a transfer that sort of baffled me a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, look, Arsenal's midfield is very, let's say, light at the minute. Um, they've also just let go. Uh, of Sambi Lukonga he's away on loan to Crystal Palace uh, mm-hmm. to Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace he played in the in the cup the other day and he didn't play well at all yeah, he, there was a fair yeah. clip of his captain Martin Odegaard having a good rant on him yeah. on, on the pitch um, but look Dorman do you think this is a player it's a, it's a good move for both clubs despite Arsenal kind of needing midfielders at the minute do you think it's a good move for both clubs with Lukonga going Lukonga. to experience Life under Patrick Vieira. Yeah, it could it could uh, rejuvenate his career. To be honest, I thought I seen a bit of the game at halftime. He came on for Party, who got injured, and Arsenal looked a totally different team. They missed Party big time. You yeah. can tell. Um, Jorginho is probably see. I just don't understand the Jorginho signing, but with him, the Conga, it probably is the best thing to get out of Arsenal because maybe it was a good thing in a way. Not a good thing a party got injured, but they got to see what Lukonga was like because maybe they wouldn't have made a sign-in. They would have mm. went, right, we'll wait, we'll see. But he was just so poor. And without party in that team, Arsenal are total, total different outfit. So for Lukonga there to go to, we were saying about Palace, like they're very boring team. I don't I don't know. He has it's, a, it's a good sign-in. Like it's, a good, yeah. it's good to get a young player in that mm. plays for Arsenal, obviously. Yeah. But... Experience in the Premier League, yeah. as well. and, and and like Vieira so far has had a good track record with midfielders. Mm-hmm. You know, Connor uh, Connor Gallagher, um, du, uh, this new fella Ducure that's come yeah, in yeah, this season. Good. You know, he looks like a good player. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would have no qualms that um, Vieira will probably make Lukonga a better footballer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just don't quite know if Lukonga is quite suited to the Premier League, to mm-hmm. be completely honest. I don't think his particular skill set works in the Premier League. Um, he wasn't great when he signed last year. He was sort of in and out of the team. And again, yeah, this season he's just been totally displaced. Yeah. He is a, he is just an afterthought at Arsenal at the minute. And, you know, Arsenal invested a lot of money in him. You know, mm-hmm. eight, 18 million is, is a big price tag um, for, for such a young prospect at, at, yeah. at that time. And so far, mission failed. Like they played him last year a wee bit and he just, he wasn't working out. No. And that's why... The, they knew they needed a new centre defensive mid. Mm. So it's a good signing for him, though. He gets a bit of experience in the Premier League. Yeah, we'll exactly. see if he's up to the standard. Under one of the greatest Premier League midfielders yep. ever. Um, yeah, so moving on from Arsenal. Well, Arsenal had one more bit of business in, in the transfer deadline day yesterday, and it was Cedric Suarez. His loan move to Fulham was finally completed. Fulham had a busy day yesterday, also signing uh, Sosa Lukic and Shane Duffy from Brighton on a free transfer. Good signings all around, Richie. Yeah, definitely. Um, I really, really like that business from Fulham. Um, I also like the, the business from the other clubs that have let these players go. Um, Lukic, he um, was very good at the World Cup. Um, Torino, not in the best financial situation at the minute. So, um, you know, Fulham were able to nip in there mm-hmm. at a relatively low fee and, and pick up a, a good quality midfielder. I don't think he's going to come in and start for Fulham. I think he is just um, rotation, but a great rotation mm-hmm. option to have, mm-hmm. to, to be completely honest. I always thought, you know, this season, if Paulinho or Reid got injured, Fulham's light in midfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's definitely a sign in. That. That's definitely going to strengthen, um, yeah. Uh, Shane Duffy, again, you know, Tim Ream is is in his latter latter stages of his career, having somebody like Duffy there, a bit of Premier League experience, not a bad backup option to go mm-hmm. to. And again, Kenny Tet's having a fantastic season. Um, and Babu hasn't really hit the ground running. Um, I was actually surprised that maybe didn't let him go, mm. e- even on a loan yeah. deal in January. But again, Cedric Suarez, plenty of uh, plenty of experience in the Premier League, has played at the top level, was part of that excellent Southampton side um, under Pochettino, uh, has been under Arteta now for a couple of years um, at Arsenal, understands Premier League football, and, and honestly, I think those are, are really th- three really, really good deadline day signings for Fulham. No, I fully agree. Uh, no, Fulham, they yeah. needed to recruit um, this season, Dorman, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, especially with their league position, which nobody expected at the start of the season. They're doing very well. but I And thought, they're not superstars, to tell yeah, you the truth. To be fair, against uh, Tottenham, I thought they were very, they looked very tired. Mm. So the squad depth is definitely going to help. And that Lukic deal, 8 million, like, that's a steal. Mm. I couldn't believe they got him because like, he was starting for Serbia in the World Cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Serbia is a decent decent team and he, he is going to strengthen that team. As you say, it will be hard for him to get in because they're all playing so well. Yeah. And then... Um, Obviously, Shane Duffy has been there already. He knows what's happening. He was on loan, wasn't he? And then yeah, he was on loan and just made a permanent now. Yeah. yeah. So, that's good backup. Good like, yeah. I yeah. think I think Fulham are, could maybe now, top eight could be a realistic possibility. Let's hope so. Forced to be reckoned with already this season. Uh, moving on to the other North London club. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur had a busy day yesterday, especially in the, in the right-back department. So, um, Pedro Poro's deal finally has been completed a 45 million pound transfer from Sporting Lisbon it looked off it looked on it's been a saga the entire transfer window but Kante has finally got his man at Spurs um, and his two let's say protégés uh, Jed Spence has left Tottenham uh, he has left on loan to go to France to get more experience with Ren. and Matt Doherty has weirdly had his transfer has had his contract torn up by Spurs and he has moved to Atletico Madrid on a six month loan. Connor, you come from a majority Spurs household. Tell us what the signing of Poro means and even what the loan 
deal for Jed Spence might make for the club and obviously Doherty's impact since joining Spurs and what that transfer means now he's gone yeah very busy day in the right back department um, I think Poro is the perfect man um, for Spurs I, I really really like Poro I, and we, we've spoken about him quite a bit now and I, I can't wait to see him in action for Spurs to be honest mm-hmm. this, this is a top right wing back to be honest um, this is one of the one of the top wing backs in, in world football at the minute so I'm really excited to see him in the Premier League um, that thing that we've always said about Spurs struggling to breach the gap between midfield and attack um, and, and get the ball into their forwards Poro is going to be an outlet for that yeah. maybe a bit suspect defensively that can be worked on that can be mm-hmm. coached but Going forward, um, he's he very much reminds me of Alexander Arnold. Mm. Um, going forward, he does have a range of passing that most wing backs just don't possess. So I'm really, really, really excited um, to see him at Spurs. Jed Spence um, spent a lot of money on him in the summer. It hasn't worked out. Um, I don't think it's ever going to work out at Tottenham, to be completely honest, for, mm-hmm. for Jed Spence. Um, I think he was very good um, for six months in the championship. <laughs> and again, I don't know why that warrants such a high fee for a player like that. Um, he's not good enough to be completely honest I don't think he's Premier League quality either mm-hmm. um, to be completely honest I think that fella's level is, is the championship mm-hmm. um, and as for Matt Doherty you know, it, it's a really weird situation um, Doherty was actually starting to play quite well mm-hmm. and again would have been a great option off the bench for Spurs especially if they were holding on to a lead you could have taken Poro off and slapped Doherty in there who is yeah. much better defensively mm-hmm. than, than Pedro Poro is Um so the fact that this situation has happened where they didn't realise who they were sending out on loan mm-hmm. and that they, they maxed out their, their loanees mm-hmm. yeah. and had to tear up Doherty's contract is is quite a silly situation, to be mm-hmm. honest. And for a club that's supposed to be so well-run and yeah. a well-oiled machine, mm-hmm. they, they really made a boo-boo on that one. Um, <laughs> it's very weird thinking that a guy from Ireland, Matt Doherty, is going to play for, for one, of the, one of the biggest clubs in, in the world in Atletico Madrid mm-hmm. and play under Diego Simeone. And the worst thing about it is, I say the worst thing, it's actually great. It's great for him. He's probably going to be unreal out there because of that defensive Definitely. style of football. Yeah. That mm-hmm. He's going to improve. I, 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 like, it like will, look at Trippier, it, for it, example. It, it'll not shock me if he comes in and starts straight away. Like, no, yeah. no. And, and, and does really, really well out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorman. So Spurs in, in the last week have announced both Pedro Poro and the the hijacked move of Arnaut Denjima. Do mm-hmm. you think, like you've been talking about Spurs in the past few weeks in the podcast, do you think this will really solidify their chances of getting into the I top think, four? I think now they do have a good chance of top four. Um, Poro, he has 14 goals and assists combined this season for Sporting Lisbon and we've seen him in the Champions League. He's a very good attacking player. Defensively, maybe not all their... With Spence as well, I thought he was going to be a decent player. Mm. I just think, I thought he'd be a good attacking player, but he just he just doesn't fit Conte's system, mm-hmm. obviously. Obviously, what's happening with Conte at the minute too will hopefully be okay and mm-hmm. be back soon. But yeah. um, with Spurs, they done it last year. They got top four. They signed Gudzeski and Bentancur and they completely rejuvenated their, or their top four hopes because it didn't look like that a prayer getting top four. So they're back in Conte. They're giving him a few players that he, he said he needs and Danjuma I was I think we spoke about this before too it's a, it's a weird signing but you know you can't always squad depth he's a good attacking player he scores goals he's creative enough um, but I still think I think Spurs now will get top four No I agree yeah. uh, they definitely have a better chance with, with this quality of player coming in uh, moving on then we have there was an injury to Manchester United uh, in the game 
against Reading, um, a former Spurs starlet, um, now playing for Manchester United, was injured by a buffoon in Andy Carroll. Um, so Christian Eriksen, he, he's been confirmed to be out for at least three months. Looks like he could be out until the start of May, Richie. Um, and he's been replaced now with Bayern Munich midfielder and Austrian midfielder Marcel Sabitzer on loan. A deadline day deal that nobody probably saw happening. Eric Ten Hag, about 10 minutes before the news broke that United were going after Sabitzer, said in his press conference that he doesn't think any more business will be done. But it's over the line. It's done. Sabitzer is now... Uh, a red, um, he's a red devil. What do you think of this transfer? Really excited, um, to be completely honest. Really, 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 really excited. Um, we were driving out of uni there yesterday, obviously, and the, the news of Erickson kind of had just broke uh, maybe a couple of hours before that, and it was the first time we got a chance to look at our phones and, and see the news. And um, to be honest, it, it really made me quite nervous because I thought that's our top four <laughs> hopes kind of really, really dented. Um, Erickson has been absolutely quality for us this season and, and to replace those assists was always going to be difficult but you know in terms of a last minute sort of panic loan deal I don't think United could have done much better here mm-hmm. um, taking aside last season because he was poor last season Sabitzer has been one of again one of the most looked at midfielders um, in, in European football um, he was excellent at RB Leipzig he was excellent at RB Salzburg he has progressed his career in, in a very strange way. You know, he started as a sort of a centre forward. Mm-hmm. Then he dropped back to a 10. Then he became an 8. He sometimes plays as a 6 mm-hmm. now. He can play on the right wing. He can play on the left wing. He's a very versatile player, but his, his best years came as an 8. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as an 8, he was known for his dead ball ability. Um, a very comfortable player with, with two feet. Um, his, his left foot's just as good as his right foot. Um, not necessarily known as a, a dribbler, but I don't think Erickson is either. I think the two profiles match up quite well. Yeah. Uh, I think Sabitzer's just a bit more physical mm-hmm. um, and is going to add a bit more muscle into Man United's midfield. But listen, on a six-month loan deal and, if, and with, with the possibility of it working out, you know, you could get him on the cheap in the summer because mm-hmm. he is 29 years of age. I, I really like this signing. Um, I always really liked um, Subitzer, mm-hmm. especially these last few years. I really enjoyed watching RB Leipzig and in, in, in the Champions League, and it, like even when they tore us apart, Subitzer was a joy to watch. I remember mm-hmm. the ball yeah. he played for um, Angelino mm-hmm. in the first yeah. two minutes of the game against United a few years ago. That's the type of thing this guy can do. It hasn't quite worked out at Bayern for mm-hmm. him, which is surprising because it's Nagelsmann. Mm. And he worked that his best years came under Nagelsmann at Leipzig. So it's strange that it hasn't worked. But I have faith in my manager. I have faith that the coaching's going to be good. And, and I have a real feeling that Sabitzer's going to come in and, and be, a, be a fantastic addition to, mm-hmm. to our squad. Well, Dorman, there's been a lot of question marks about this. Let's be real, it is a panic signing. We probably wouldn't have signed a midfielder if Christian Eriksen hadn't to get injured. No. Yep. Um, so there's been a lot of questions from pundits uh, and, and other football creators and stuff. Um but this is a fella who, he hasn't played as much football as he would have liked. But he is behind probably one of the best midfields in the world in uh, Goretzka and Kimmich. Yeah. Um, so he was never going to get that game time that he, he probably desired. Mm-hmm. But as Connor said, his physicality is what sets him apart from Ericsson because they are very much a like-for-like yeah. player. He's in the top 8% for tackles per 90 and he's in the top 3% for tackles in the opposition third per 90 in the top five leagues, out of any player in the top five leagues. What do you think Sabitzer's going to bring to Eric Ten Hag's team? And is he a level above 
our replacement midfielders in the likes of Fred and Scott McTominay. Yeah, definitely, definitely above them. Um, he's going to bring more energy, and as you said, he's he is a better tackler. I thought against like teams like Arsenal, I thought Erickson's been brilliant this season. Top assister, one of the top assisters in the league, top assister for United. But I felt against Arsenal, we were kind of missing that bit of you know like somebody who could win the ball back tackling because yeah, like we were just getting overrun. overrun. Yeah. And Erickson doesn't bring that defensive mm-hmm. work rate. You know, uh, obviously he's not a dribbler. Um, so that's but we don't really need him for that. No. We just need, we just need a bit of a creative midfielder, which he can be as well. He scores goals as well. I think it's a. I did. I thought when I seen Erickson's injury, I was like, tough four could be in huge jeopardy. In jeopardy. But with this signing, with the limited time, United have done well here. I think this is this is a good signing, and I think he is a top player. He played for RB for really seven is, yeah. years. He was one of the best players in the Bundesliga mm-hmm. for that period of time against United in the Champions League he destroyed us we get, when we got beat we got put out Torby yeah yeah um, he, so he killed us mm-hmm. I think I think it is a bit of a panic scene. it seemed like Paul Merson was like oh he can't get on for Bayern mm-hmm. that means he's a ba- how does that make him a bad player exactly. I just don't understand that um, and we got he's going to be coming into a top manager as well exactly he's going to improve him even further he's got that experience as well he plays Bundesliga is a top two or three league in Europe um, he's made I'm, 24 I'm, appearances for Bayern yeah, this season too I'm, exi- I'm excited to see what he'll bring to Man United and I think he's definitely better than Fred and McTominay no offence to them players but he just he's just a class above yeah and again just touching on what Connor said there oh what you you can't start in front of Goretzka and Kimmich <laughs> what, so does that make you a bad player yeah, yeah. I couldn't start ahead of Kimmich and, yeah. and Goretzka I, I mean there's many midfielders mm-hmm. out there there's so many professional footballers out there that wouldn't start ahead of Kimmich or Goretzka. So if, if he's still good enough to play for Bayern and come off the bench, mm-hmm. so that's telling you what, he's a, just just a step below those guys. Mm-hmm. So does that make him a bad player? Yeah. That comment from Paul Merson was absolutely Nonsense. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. But Bayern bought him as well, so that means he is a top player. They just exactly. don't pick out donkeys. Like they exactly. pick out good quality players. They buy, they buy the best in that league. Mm-hmm. So, it, so yeah. if they bought him... Yeah. He he's is one of the best. And you said he's played twenty four times this season. It's yeah. not like he's just not I getting any game time. Mm-hmm. Wasting away. So Paul Merson's comment is just. Yeah. I think it's just per punditry. Yeah. To be honest, he doesn't. He obviously doesn't watch any football yeah. in that way. No, I fully agree. Um, just talking about that RB Leipzig and United game. Um, whenever he was at Old Trafford, yeah. uh, it's, it's just resurged now in the past day since he signed for Manchester United. He he told the uh, the media how playing at the Theatre of Dreams has been his dream since he was a child. Um, he says, and one day he hopes to play there again. Now, he's a Manchester United player. What does that team spirit mean, especially to this Eric Ten Hag Manchester United team, Richie? Um, I think it's good that there are so many players actively looking to play for the club again, which is always a nice thing to see. Absolutely. It, it means he must be doing something, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah look, listen, guys who are passionate about, about the shirt and passionate about the football club, you, you obviously want to have them have them around. It does build that sort of culture. Um, the only thing is the performances need to match that um, sort of ambition and that love. Um, like It's all well and good saying you love playing for the club, you love representing uh, the badge on your shirt, but if you're shite on the pitch... <laughs> <there's>, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd rather have somebody that doesn't give that much of a fuck but is a great footballer, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, look, it's great to have guys come out and, and make comments like this. Um, it, it does make me happy um, as a Manchester United fan, definitely. Um, and I do think he's going to be a good, a good addition because he is a quality player. And listen, if he performs for six months, there's no reason why Man United couldn't go out and buy him in the summer. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I completely agree with Connor. Even if United didn't sign a world-class midfielder in, in the summer, 
to have the option of playing arcs and against sides where you can be a wee bit more expressive, mm, yeah. but then in the bigger games you can go to Sabitzer yeah. because he gives you that grit in midfield. It's not a bad two options Absolutely to be rotating not. between. Absolutely. And he's a, he is an upgrade on Fred, let's be honest. Yeah, he is better. Uh, completely. And, also, and, and he's is... about five upgrades on Scott McTominay. So. Yeah. <laughs> but he wants to come to United. There's a bit of positivity around United yes. again. We're getting results. The manager is just improving us greatly. Like he said, he wants to play under Ten Hag. Yeah. So bodes well for the future. I'm just Absolutely. happy. I'm, I'm just really, really happy at the minute. Like United's playing in the League Cup semi-final tonight. And mm-hmm. I, I, like for, for the first time in a long time, I'm actively excited to yeah. watch Man United again because I always think... Yeah, we could pump that team tonight, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah, playing better football. Yeah. More exciting football. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's it's a good time to be a Money United fan again. And let's Absolutely. just hope this trend keeps going yeah. in the up and up. Absolutely. It's it's a long time coming for us, fellas. Um, another major, major transfer that was confirmed yesterday. The news broke a couple of days ago, but it was confirmed yesterday. Arguably the best left back and best right back in world football has left Manchester City after a, a short spell of perform and obviously after the World Cup he found it hard to get back into Pep Guardiola's side but still undoubtedly a world world class talent. Dorman Jai Cancelo has moved to Bayern Munich Wow I know it, I came out of nowhere, I think wow. he said it when we were just coming out of class mm-hmm. and I was like wow, because he's been such a top player in the Premier League for the last, since he's came into the Premier League from Juventus um, I was just shocked to be honest he's obviously going to top club in Bayern Munich there's been a fall night because he hasn't started a game. Mm-hmm. And obviously City have that, they have so many players of squad that they can just go, okay then, you don't want to be here, we'll let you go. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a crazy signing. Crazy, absolutely yeah. crazy. It seemed to come out of nowhere as well. Um, look, obviously there must have been a wee bit of a fall night with Pep. He says there hasn't been, but Connor, this signing... Bayern were probably going into this season one of the favourites for the Champions League as they always are. Mm-hmm. Surely this signing just enhances that notion. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a crazy, crazy signing to be honest. Um, I, I, I can't even get the words out. Um, I don't. I'm not that shocked about the signing though. I know it's done the rounds on social media and everybody's kind of been like, "Where the hell did that come from?" Mm. I, I'm not that shocked to be honest. Um, over the past few months, and especially over the World Cup, Cancelo hasn't been great. Um, and he, he couldn't buy minutes for City. And I hadn't I hadn't seen City a whole pile since after the World Cup. And the first time I, I got to really sit down and watch them, other than just watching highlights, mm-hmm. was uh, was against Man United. Mm-hmm. And I thought Cancelo was their worst player that day. Mm-hmm. Between, it was toss-up yeah. between him and Foden, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they were the two of them were exceptionally poor. And, you know... I. You've watched Cancelo in the Premier League for the last few years and, and he is just so good at everything. He's so good defensively. His ball carries are excellent. His passing range yeah. is ridiculous. He's made the Travella famous. Mm-hmm. Like, he is a world, world-class fullback. But there's a reason City are sitting second and there's been a number of guys this year who just haven't turned up for City mm-hmm. and he's probably prime culprit number one. Mm. Um so I'm not that shocked by the signing, to tell you the truth. And if he was going to go anywhere, it was going to have to be one of the other biggest clubs in the world. Mm-hmm. And there's no bigger club in Germany than Bayern Munich. So signing completely makes sense. Um, they are weak in those fullback areas, so he's going to come in and, and play yeah. immediately. Um, and he does make them better. Um, he, he, I think he is the type of player that Nagelsmann can, can work with. Um, his fullbacks sort of have a similar profile. Uh, you know, you look at the likes of Masrai, similar profile mm-hmm. to, to Cancelo. So I think he's going to come in and, and be an instant success there. 
There's a £70 million uh, buy option. I don't know whether it's pound or euro, sorry, mm-hmm. but uh, there is a £70 million buy option on that deal, and to be honest, I don't, I don't see him playing for Man City again. No, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, so moving on from a club that hasn't won the Champions League in Manchester City to a club that has won the Champions League in Nottingham Forest. They have signed arguably one of the top 10 goalkeepers in world football. And over the past 10 years has probably been one of the best goalkeepers in world football. An absolutely phenomenal signing on loan from Paris Saint-Germain. Keylor Navas is now in the Premier League. What is going on with that signing? Dorman, there's going to be an 88-rated goalkeeper for Nottingham Forest. This could save them this season. I said yesterday they get relegated, but now... Starting to think things over. Um, world class keeper, obviously mm-hmm. a bit older than needed it as well. Like I've seen Forrest a few times against United. Wayne Hennessy is not up to Premier League standard. No. So this is a great signing. A leader he wanted to go there as well, which just shows the pull that Forrest has. The Premier League is the biggest league in the world. Yeah. But um And Forrest is one of the biggest clubs yeah, in the world. Yeah, one of the biggest clubs in Yeah, they've got the history. Mm-hmm. Um it's a great signing and it could actually this could be this could be the saving of force this season from relegation because they're in good form now and they could just push on. Absolutely, absolutely. And look, they've signed all these players in the summer and whatever, but I think the transfer business in January has been particularly good. Yeah. And yesterday they made three signings on deadline day. Three quality, quality signings in my opinion as well. So, Richie, obviously with Keller Navas, I want you to talk a bit about him. But they also signed John Joe Selby from, uh, John Joe Shelby, sorry, from Newcastle, who I think is a super- superb signing. Premier League experience, and they also signed Felipe, the Brazilian defender from Atletico Madrid. As Dorman says, the pull of Nottingham Forest really is there, a club with history, and a lot of players do just want to play in the Premier League, but surely this only enhances their chances of staying up in the Premier League. Completely, completely. Um, the first thing I'll say about Keylor Navas is I love this signing. Uh, because Dean Henderson was given up the big one at the he start of the indeed. season. I'm, dropped. I'm fucking glad that yeah. he's gone back to being a bench goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. So good enough for you, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> hope you're enjoying the pod, Dean. Mate. No, I hope you're not. I hate him, lad. <laughs> he's a bang average goalkeeper and he is a bench goalkeeper and he fucking deserves it. So yeah. he's, a big, him. he's a big talker for someone who yeah, hasn't really exactly. achieved much. He's so. absolutely agree. useless. Well, useless. I, I actually read... Just before we come into the studio here, uh, it was it was Samuel Lackhurst uh, reported that he said that Ten Hag, whenever, uh, whenever, who left us? Oh, uh, whenever Newcastle? Dubrovka Dubrovka, left us yeah. uh, to go back to Newcastle. Uh, apparently, he FaceTimed Dean Henderson, and Dean Henderson said, uh, "No chance of me going back to United to sit on the bench. Uh, I want to see out the season at Nottingham Forest while I'm a first teamer." So that worked out for him. Lol. Yeah. <laughs> Hateful bastard. But. but anyway, Richie. Yeah. Moving on from Sorry, Dean apologies. I do come in hot sometimes. Like, but I, <laughs> I, 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 I just have a dislike for Dean Henderson. Well, let's get honest. the negatives out of the way. Yeah. We've talked about Dean Henderson. Mm-hmm. He's gone. Mm-hmm. He's out of the situation. Keylor Navas, one of the best goalkeepers in the world, is signed for Forest. Mm-hmm. Felipe, who has arguably been one of the most consistent defenders in Europe over the past 10 years. Uh, and John Joe Shelby, who is a stalwart in the Premier League. It's crazy that in Nottingham Forest's first six months in the, in the Premier League, we're talking about adding Champions League experience mm-hmm. to the squad, which is mental. Again, Felipe, he's a player that's been there and done it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not having his best season this season, mm-hmm. and he is coming towards the back end of, end of his career. But, I mean, in terms of marquee signings, like, you know, getting Keller Navas and Felipe in the same day is... 
absolutely phenomenal for a side like Nottingham Forest. Um, they, these guys are only going to enhance the team. They definitely bring them up in terms of a quality level that we just haven't seen from Forest yet. So uh, two excellent signings there. And John Joe Shelby. Listen, this is a guy that's been in, in and around relegation scraps. This is a guy that's had to fight and work hard for everything that he has. I really, really like John Joe um, Shelby. Always liked him as a midfielder. Mm -hmm. Maybe not maybe not the Rolls-Royce midfielder, maybe not the flashiest, but... He'd do a job for you. He'll absolutely do a job yeah. for you. And the fact, you know, that he, he wasn't really getting much game time at Newcastle. They've just come in, pipped it, got this signing, got him in. Yeah. Great, great, great transfer business from Nottingham Forest. But they're, in they're improving in key positions as well. Goalkeeper, exactly. centre half, midfield. midfield. Yeah. With the need to improve. And, yeah. and he's an absolute demon with a long range ball. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolute demon. Yeah, brilliant, uh, brilliant move. Brilliant moves for Forest. Um and moving on, we've got Southampton who have spent big on deadline day. Yeah, they have. Um, they have. They've spent twenty five million on uh Kalamine Suleimani, uh, some name for the commentators. <laughs> Um, they spent big on him from Ren, uh, a PSE Ghanaian winger. Um, I remember him being linked to the likes of Manchester United when he was still playing in the Norwegian League. Um, and also Onocho, the Nigerian striker from the Belgian League for £18 million. Uh, he's, he's a good one for an informant FIFA. He's, he's always scoring a lot of goals Absolutely. in the Belgian League. Absolutely. Well, Richie, tell me what these signings mean for the likes of Southampton who are really in a relegation scrap. Look, I don't know a whole pile about them. I'll just come out and say that, of that off, off the bat. I've not seen a whole pile of them. Um, while I was doing my research here for today's podcast, I, I watched a couple of highlight videos. Um, uh, the guy, Suleimana, seems to be just an absolute pace demon. Um, very direct, looks to take his man on. I think that's the type of player that, that Southampton needs. Somebody's going to grip the game by the balls and try and drag them through it. And Absolutely. He's that type of player. He's very unselfish, very creative type of player. Again, if you have Orsic on one, one wing, who's a goal threat, mm. but a creator in Suleimana on the other... Definitely bodes well for them. Mm -hmm. Definitely, again, just to improve the squad. Um, and sorry, how, how do you pronounce the second fella's name? I can't tell you exactly, but I'm pretty sure it's Anocho or something. Or Anocho. Anocho, yeah. Anocho. Look, he has consistently scored goals. And and it's like he said, he is good for an informant FIFA. Yeah. The man always gets up to about 85 overall yeah, every year, just in <laughs> just in informs. Yeah. Um, so there's obviously some sort of talent there, yeah. you know. Um, I see already this season he has, what, this six, 16, 16 goals, goals or yeah. something? Yeah. Like, scored twice at the weekend. Yeah, like... You know, that's that's what Southampton needs. He's got an eye for goal. Exactly. Somebody's going to put the ball in, in the back of the net because, like, let's be real, like, Che Adams is... But he's their top scorer with four goals this season or yeah, something. Yeah, And he's missed a serious he's amount of chances. chances. Like, like, scored last night, though. He, yeah, <laughs> already. Right. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. But he is a championship striker. <laughs> yes, he is. Realistically, you know, he's not he's not good enough to play in the Premier League. Um, and this guy, hopefully, he comes in and, and can bang in a few goals for them. And, you know, if these guys click, who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe Southampton can be kept up. But, um, unfortunately, you know, I, I predict, well, we all had them in our prediction to, to go down. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it, it's it's a shame I like Southampton as a club. I, I really, really do. Um, and I like Nathan Jones as a manager. But mm -hmm. I just fear that it's too little, too late. Mm. Dorman, well, personally, I like this business. And... Obviously, I'd forgot about Miroslav Orsic, and I really like Orsic, uh, but I, I had forgot about that transfer to Southampton. They seem to have revamped their attacking lineup completely, yeah. which obviously they needed because they weren't big scoring time. a lot of goals. Um, it's a big investment. Don't get me wrong, it's a big investment, but these players surely have something about them to warrant these price tags. We do apologise that we can't pronounce their names <laughs> properly. <laughs> like, but, <laughs> Anocho coming Anocho, in, obviously he scored yeah. two goals there at, at the, the weekend. weekend. He's yeah. got 16 goals in the league. 
does it give them any chance in this relegation scrap? They're trying at least. They're, I think every team's trying now that there is a chance of staying up this season. Um, Shea Adams isn't good enough. The players like, obviously this new guy is going to be a winger. The players like Theo Walcott, El Nussi, they're just not Premier League yeah. standard players. They need that improvement. They're giving it a go. Obviously, Southampton in the past have had good recruitment. So I'd say that this would give them a chance. I do think they'll still go down because... They're lacking in quality elsewhere, like their centre halves aren't good enough and stuff like that. But um, if they're going to have any chance, they needed a striker, they needed a winger, they got it. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Though obviously that guy scored sixteen goals this season, as we said, he scored, he gets informs flat out. So he must, he probably is a decent player, mm-hmm. but he's going to have to hit the ground running. Why didn't they do this at the start of the transfer mm-hmm. window? That's season, what I always yeah. think. You know, yeah. it is probably a bit of panic there. The real Shea Adams isn't good enough. Really, they don't really have a another striker in the mm-hmm. squad. But they're giving it a go, but I think it's too late. Hmm. It's a shame. It's a shame because Southampton do have good quality yeah. players. They've got the likes of that Bella Kotchap and the Salisu at the back. Even Kalata Kior is, yeah. is, is a good uh, uh, centre centre back. And then they've got obviously the midfielders in terms of James Ward Prowse, and now they've revamped their yeah. entire attacking lineup. So they do really have a chance. It's just whether Nathan can, Nathan Jones can bring out the best of them in the league, like he has done in the cup. I think we said truth. this as well at the start of the year. A lot of their signings just young. There was, yeah. There's not that experience in the team that they're yeah. missing, and I think that and is. Walker Peters, great right back too. Yeah, just to a lot of young players like the goalkeepers, young all them centre halves you've mentioned. Yeah. They're all too. They're very young. There's no real like experience. No Ward Price is really their only player. Arebo, they're all young. They're they're all young players. They're, but it's like we said on on yesterday's um, mid season review. So if you haven't watched it already, please check out part one and part two of, of our mid season review. But like we said on Southampton, their transfer policy was strange in the sense that they signed very young. When <coughs> realistically, if they had to mix the young with players who were ready to come in and play in the Premier yeah. League now, mm-hmm. you could have looked at it and went, okay, I understand that. But the signing of like you know six or seven youngsters who had only played Premier League two football mm, yeah. as opposed to real top flight football. Yeah. It was always going to be a struggle this season. Look, it's like I said, I like Southampton as a club. I like Nathan Jones and I do like some of their players. And I don't think they're the worst squad in the Premier League by any means. Oh, definitely not. I do not think the there's worst. I do think there's worse teams than them. And I think these transfers, these two signings alongside Orsic, have definitely made them stronger. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Who knows? But uh, but I, I do I do just fear that it is maybe just too little too late. Uh, it'll stage. be interesting to see coming into the season. And look, if they do go down to the championship It'll be hard to keep a hold of a lot of their assets, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. they would definitely be one of the strongest squads in, in the championship. Um, moving on, we've got Leicester City. They had a, a busy day yesterday as well. Um, so they had two outgoings, Jose Perez and Mark Albrighton. Both of them were six months left on their contract and they've both left. Perez has went to Real Betis and Albrighton to West Brom. But they've also brought in Harry Sutor, the, the Australian centre-back, played brilliant in the World Cup, signed it for £17 million. Surely it's not enough, Richie, to keep them in the Premier League. It's um, look, they've they've got rid of two attacking players and brought in a defender. Um, strange, strange business to be honest. Um, I think they've overpaid uh, for Sudor. I think he is a very good defender. Showed in the World Cup that he, he can mix it up with some of the world's best. But you know, again, like we're we're trying to justify paying big money for players who have had a, a good performance in a World Cup. You know how many players have had good performances in the World Cup and then turn out to be shade. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, Stoke have done the better out of this deal. I think um, they've replaced him with Axel Tounsabi from Manchester from United. Manchester United, yes. You know they're getting a quality defender there if he can stay fit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And you know, at the end of the day, they've managed to get 17 million for a player that they, at the start of the season they probably thought was maybe worth. Yeah, there was no real a talk. Few, a few mm-hmm. million. There was no real talk about him until the World Cup. Until the no, World Cup. Where he did perform well, but yeah, you know, sad to see. Um, yeah, and again, it's one of those transfers. It's, it's a big risk for Leicester. Um, yeah. There's no guarantees this guy's going to come in and be any good for them. So uh, I don't really have much more to say. Yeah. Other than Leicester's that. in thin ice, storm. They definitely needed a centre half, though. That was the thing. I think they're playing Amarte, is it? Or yeah, uh, yeah. Daniel He's Amarte. playing centre half. Center back. Johnny Evans, obviously, been injured a lot, has hurt them. They probably needed a new goalkeeper, too, to be honest. but I think it was FF or F, whatever FFP. FFP it's yeah. there and they can't really make many signings. No, they're in a so dire situation. They probably went. We need one position. We'll just take a centre half. And yeah. as Richie said, they're like they've got rid of attacking threat and they're they're very thin up top anyway. As it is, all Brighton got on the other day. Like he scored. Was, he scored the other a few yeah. weeks ago. So it's crazy that they just, no, they just got just rid of him on loan to like, all right, West Brom. I know. Oh, look, it's 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 an odd transfer and seventeen million. It it seems an overspend, but. Yeah. Suppose on deadline day you just have to do what you have to do to get them in. Yeah, that's true. Um, So I have two more Premier League transfers that I want to talk about before. I just want to quickly brief on on some interesting transfers. So Wes McKinney has went to Leeds. Connor, I'm going to take your opinion from Leeds. And then obviously we've got Ayari, the young Swedish Swedish midfielder who's going to Brighton. We obviously haven't watched a lot of him, but there was all the talk about Moises Cassetto, so I'm going to come to you about that, Dorman. Okay, so first, Richie... Weston McKinney played for Juventus, played for Schalke. He's played at the top, and now he's away to Leeds for a relegation scrap with his his compatriot, his, his US compatriot Jesse March. What do you think about this transfer? Um, again, you know, I, I said it on our mid-season review. To me personally, I think Leeds are going to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think their squad's good enough to be completely honest. And Weston McKinney is a competent footballer. He, he's a decent player. You know, you don't play for Juventus for nothing. Um, you don't make the amount of appearances he made for Juventus for nothing, mm-hmm. even if it is a wilter in Juventus side. Um, I do think he's a decent player, but, I mean, is he going to be the guy that, you know, manages to turn lead season around and, and, and get them out of a relegation battle? I don't think so. Um, I don't think Leeds' business has been particularly um, impressive, to be completely honest. They brought in uh, Ryder as well, the, the striker from Hoffenheim, um, who's been likened to Roberto Firmino, which is just lazy journalism, if you ask me, mm-hmm. because Firmino used to play for Hoffenheim. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, again, they brought in Ryder, spend a lot of money on, on a guy who hasn't really put up big numbers as of yet. Um don't really like the business, to be honest, and I just don't see it with Leeds, to be honest, or mm-hmm. and I, I don't get the hype. I think Jesse Marsh is a poor manager, and mm-hmm. I think Leeds will go down this year, to be honest. Look, it's, it's definitely a possibility. Um, they're in a relegation scrap for a reason, and one midfield signing's not going to do the best there. Um, but yeah, moving on from one midfield signing to another. So uh, Yasin Ayari, um, the, the Swedish midfielder, has moved to Brighton and Hove Albion for a five, ma- five million. He's played 24 games this season in the Swedish league with four goals and one assist. Mm-hmm. Look, let's not get ourselves, we, we haven't watched this young fella, but no. Brighton's transfer business is always spot on. And do you think he could be the new Moises Cassetto should he leave in the summer? Um, obviously, I haven't seen much of him, but what I've read about him, he is a versatile player, technical player. Um, and with Brighton's uh, recruitment recently, it's just been superb. So under a good manager as well, I can't see him not performing well I've seen the manager come out and said they're going to have to give him time he's a young player he's played twice for Sweden mm-hmm. and he's only 19 and he's played over 50 times I think for AIK mm-hmm. so he could be a replacement for Casado because we know he's going to be gone in the summer he's going to go no matter what happens um, and they'll probably have money to 
recruit even further. Uh, but to send a young player with their track record, uh, uh, there's no doubt in maybe a year or two time, probably for the future. On the million transfer? A, he could be <laughs> 80, 90 million as well. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. Look, we always commend Brighton's business and, and their ability to to replace players that they do sell their their highest assets. Um yeah, it was it was a busy day for Premier League clubs in the in the deadline day. Uh, and in the window in general, obviously Chelsea spending the majority of that. A couple of other transfers that I just want a quick opinion on. So Flo Tovan, World Cup winner, has moved to Udinese on a free transfer uh, from Mexico. And then Thorgan Hazard and Van Anholt have both went to PSV. Obviously PSV have lost Madueke and Gakpo. Are they good replacements? Obviously Van Hanholt's not an attacker so much as he is a, a, an attacking fullback. But are they good replacements, Richie? Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I think the Thorgan Hazard one really sort of took us by surprise last night. Caught me yeah. off guard. Um, definitely a good signing. Uh, again, I like Van Aanholt too. I think he was very good at his time at Crystal Palace in the Premier League. Don't think he, he it's really worked out for him at Galatasaray, but you know he's got heading back to his native country, so I don't see why why it wouldn't be a success. To be honest, so yeah, good business from PSV and. <laughs> on on Florian Tovan as well, just crazy <laughs> madness, yeah, crazy madness. I didn't even realize he was playing out in Mexico. Yeah, I completely forgot about him. To be honest, yeah. he went to Mexico after having that great World Cup where, yeah. where France won the World Cup. He went to Mexico in that window. Okay, yeah. I thought he was just one of those players that sort of disappeared. Off. Yeah, he was in, yeah. he was at Newcastle one stage too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. No, but the Hazard one surprised me too because really? I, I thought he would be good enough to. I thought he keep was starting, starting for, in the Bristol team. Yeah. Must have been why they were looking at the Swedish superstar Langa. Who knows? Who knows? Who didn't end up leaving United? Unfortunately. The less said about that, the better, I suppose. Um, Connor, do you want to sign us off? Yeah, 100%. Uh, Listen, folks, thank you so much. Um, That's going to be it for our transfer coverage, at least until the summertime. Going to have some interesting news to share with you in in the next couple of weeks, but uh, we're going to wait till that's all wrapped up before we share that with you, so... Make sure and keep an, keep an ear to the ground for that one. Um, if you know us personally, you probably already know this news, <laughs> to be fair. Um, but we're absolutely buzzing to announce it. But like I said, we're just hanging off until everything's official mm-hmm. before we announce it. Um, once again, thank you so much just for all, all, all the support on our recent videos. Um, the views are views are sitting steady at the minute and, and we're, we're, we're happy with where we're moving and the TikTok has managed to blow up mm-hmm. um, which is a couple of thousand views already a couple of thousand views already only on, on, on four videos so we are just <laughs> completely overwhelmed with mm-hmm. the, the coverage that we're managing to get so thank you so much for all that there please follow us on TikTok Instagram and Twitter that is at Bottom Bins Pod as always, you can find us on the Parlay Sports app. That's P-R-L-Y Sports in the Apple App Store. Come on and join us for a footballing conversation. We have part one and part two of our mid-season review already out. So if you haven't listened to those yet, please head on over to wherever you get your podcasts and give it a listen. That's three hours of, of really, really good in-depth mm-hmm. analysis um, content on the teams within the Premier League so far. Um, spoiler, if you're a Liverpool and Chelsea fan, you mightn't be happy with what I have to say particularly. <laughs> um, but it's all a bit of banter at the end of the day. Yeah. But yes, listen, thank you so much for all the support. Keep listening. And as always, keep it bottom bins. Keep it bottom bins.